Hallelujah, Christ is risen. He is risen indeed. Easter is for runners, right? But even runners have to catch their breath sometime. And so today, instead of being quick like rabbits, let us be like sheep. Let us take the example of the sheep today because rabbits can't have all the Easter fun. And as much as Easter is for rabbits because they're fast, not any other reason, Easter is also for sheep. Because Easter is the season where we celebrate the resurrection of our shepherd who lives, right? Not our shepherd who was, not our shepherd who might someday be around again, but our shepherd who is. So think this morning of shepherds. Now, when I was a boy, my father used to tell me when I would be going in for a job interview to make sure that I looked the part, right? You had to appear like the kind of person that that employer wanted to hire. And appearances are important, aren't they? We sometimes make this distinction that may or may not be helpful. We make a distinction between a way something seems or its form, the form that it has, and its real essence, right? Its real you know, being, form and substance. This is sometimes how we alter those. And in a job interview, you want to make sure that you have the right form, don't you? Because if I showed up for a job interview with my hair all over the place, not having showered for a couple days, with my shirt hanging out on one side and tucked in too far on the other side, chances are I wouldn't be hired for just about any job. You need to look the part, right? The form matters. But in a job, and in an interview especially, the employer is not just looking for form, is he? Your employer wants to know, does this person have the essential characteristics needed to do the job? So if you're going to be a paper boy, you have to be able to wake up early. It doesn't matter how good you look if you can't wake up in the morning. And as I learned, if you're going to be a, you know, um, if you're going to work at a grocery store and be a stock boy, you have to be able to take orders. That's really the essential job of being a stocking boy at a grocery store. If you're going to be a math tutor, well, all you have to do is be able to add, and then you're light years ahead of everybody else, right? But in every job, in every job, there are those traits, there are those essential characteristics that if you don't have, you won't get hired. Or maybe even worse, you will get hired and you'll turn out to be an utter failure. How about being a shepherd? What are the characteristics of a shepherd? If there was a job description for being a shepherd, if you were an employer, you know, if you were the owner of a big flock of sheep, what would you be looking for in a shepherd? Would you care much about appearances? Would you put at the top of the list, he needs to look really good. He needs to be handsome. He needs to be attractive. He needs to be beautiful. Most likely not, right? Being a shepherd really doesn't have anything to do, at least at first glance, with outward appearances. In fact, probably the pretty you are, the worse you will be as a shepherd, because shepherds have to be in the mud. Shepherds have to be in the muck. Shepherds have to endure all kinds of harsh weather. Shepherds have to endure all kinds of attacks on the flock. And being handsome, appearing a certain way, is really not of the essence of the job. And yet Jesus says, I am the beautiful shepherd. 
Now, that's not the way it's translated, right? And that's not the way our hymns sing of it. And that's not the way that we have memorized that verse of Scripture. And I'm not trying to undo all of that. But that little word, that little adjective that Jesus uses, I want you to know everything that's part of that word. Because just calling him good doesn't quite cut it, does it? Jesus is not good in the way that we so often use that word. Have you ever seen kids after a sporting game? Have you seen them go through the handshake line? Good game, good game, good game, good game, good game, right? They don't mean it at all. Good is just a word that you throw around. How was your day today? It was good. How are you doing? I'm good. How are you? I'm good. Good, good. Everything is good. In pastor circles, we sometimes will do it this way. We'll describe another pastor who we have a problem with, right, who we're upset with, and we'll say, but he's a good guy. (laughs) Here's all his problems. We use that word good to just mean adequate, okay, so-so, decent, right? Not great, but not bad. Could be better, but could be worse. It's just kind of middle of the road, good. And Jesus is not that kind of a shepherd, dear friends. Jesus is not good in the way that kids slap hands and say good game. Jesus isn't even good in the way that pastors call each other good guys when they don't really mean it. When we say that Jesus is good, we mean he is the best. We mean he, there is no one greater. We mean he is the perfect, the true, the genuine, the good. Or we can put it this way this morning, he is the beautiful shepherd. That adjective can mean that in Greek. He is the kalos, shepherd. That's the Greek word. And that word kalos can mean healthy or fit or serviceable, as in the way that we would describe land as good land. If land is good, we don't simply mean that it looks good. It doesn't just have the appearance of goodness, right? If something is good land, it means it is fruitful. It is productive. It fits what it is supposed to do. It is truly beautiful and noble. And when you hear Jesus saying, I am the good shepherd, I want you to hear him saying it that way. Jesus is saying, I am the beautiful shepherd who doesn't simply have an outward appearance of being good, but who has the very essence of goodness in him. Jesus, see, with Jesus, there is no division between form and substance. Jesus doesn't appear one day but lack the essential characteristics the next. Jesus never puts on a show. He doesn't play a part. He is no hypocrite. With Jesus, these things always go together, form and substance. In fact, because of who Jesus is, because of his being, he does those things that are true and good and beautiful, for he truly is the good, the beautiful shepherd. We often get that division in our mind, don't we? That what really matters is the essence of a thing. You can't judge a book by its cover, right? And form, form doesn't really make all that much of a difference. What matters is who a person is. What matters is the essence of a thing. But see, with Jesus, there is no need to distinguish between those things. And in the Christian faith, we don't make a big division between form and substance because they both go together. Because of who he is, the good shepherd, he does good shepherd things. Because of who he is, the beautiful Savior, he does beautiful Savior things. And so it should be in his church. We don't come into this place and say, you know what, the form doesn't really matter. 
What really matters is just that you feel something in your heart. No, we know that these things go together, right? And so this place is a beautiful place. This place is a good place. And because it has that outward form of goodness, we also know that its essence is goodness too. Our worship is not a division of form and substance. We don't say one thing with our mouths and do something else with our bodies, but we join these things together. For with the heart one believes, and with the mouth one confesses. With the heart one believes, and with the whole body we want to confess our faith in this truly good and beautiful shepherd. Jesus is the good shepherd, the one in whom being and actions are joined and wedded together. And so because he is the beautiful shepherd, the good shepherd, he does good shepherd stuff. You heard the way Jesus described it today, didn't you? He wanted to make sure you got the point, so he repeated himself over and over again. I am the good shepherd who has perfect hair. I am the good shepherd who has a perfect body. I am the good shepherd who appears to be so wonderful. No, that's not what our Savior says, is it? I am the good shepherd, and here he gets to the heart of the matter, who lays down his life for the sheep. You want to know what a shepherd is supposed to do? Well, just take the description Jesus gives. There's three things that Jesus says are at the very heart and essence of a shepherd. And because Jesus is the true, the good, the beautiful shepherd, he does all these things in spades. For remember, with Jesus, it isn't just about appearances, but he actually has the root of the matter in himself. First, Jesus lays down his life for the sheep. Easter is for runners, I've been telling you, but precisely today we celebrate the fact that Jesus did not run. It is the hired hands who run. Jesus holds fast. It is the hired hands who are afraid. Jesus stands firm. It is the hired hands who care nothing at all for the sheep. They only are interested in themselves. But of course, you know with Jesus, it's just the other way around. For here is the beautiful shepherd who loves his sheep so much that he is willing to sacrifice himself for them. I am the good shepherd, Jesus says, who lays down his life for the sheep. And if you missed it the first time, he repeats himself all over again. The good shepherd lays down his life for the sheep. And let's be sure we understand what all is included there. Because sometimes, you know, laying down your life is just sort of a symbolic gesture right? Um, sometimes it's, it's almost even a pathetic thing to do. The person who lays down his life but can't really help anyone else, it's a lost sacrifice. Well, there's nothing else to do, so we'll make one last stand, and even though we're going to lose, we're going to put it all down on the line. And then that life is consumed and wasted and gone for nothing. But when Jesus lays down his life for the sheep, it is to deliver them There is nothing pathetic about our Lord Jesus laying down his life for the sheep. It isn't because he's tried all the other options and there's really nothing left to do. No, by laying down his life for the sheep, he delivers the sheep. It's like this, right? It's like the wolf is coming for the sheep. And instead of being able to sink its teeth in the sheep, the shepherd puts himself in between wolf and sheep. And usually, right, usually that would do nothing at all for the sheep, would it? Because what's the wolf going to do as soon as it eats up the shepherd? It's going to get hungry. 
Wolves are ravenous. And as soon as it gets hungry, if it's already consumed the shepherd, well, now the sheep are in big, big trouble. But see, Jesus has laid down his life, not for it to be gone and wasted away. He has laid down his life, and in doing that, he has destroyed the wolf. For the wolf sank its teeth into the flesh of Jesus and found not dead flesh, but living flesh. That wolf, sin and hell, sank their teeth into our good shepherd and found not the kind of sheep that you can eat up and make part of yourself, but found the kind of sheep, the kind of life that cannot be consumed. The wolf, Satan, the wolf, death, the wolf, hell, sank its teeth into Jesus on the cross, and through his death, he destroyed the power of death. For there your sins, your sins met their match. There the devil met the one who has the power to silence him. There death itself gave its all and was destroyed. That's why him laying down his life isn't some kind of pathetic thing, but is at the very heart of what it means to be the shepherd. You have been delivered, St. Peter says, by his wounds. Christ has defanged the wolf. He has taken the sting out of death. He has destroyed it. He has even done something better. He has transformed it. It is as if the wolf ate the lamb and became a sheep itself. Right? Because now when death comes for a Christian, when death comes to a Christian, it doesn't come as a fearful enemy, but it comes as the portal to heaven. This is why Jesus is the good shepherd. He is the good shepherd, he says, secondly, because he knows his own. The hired hands don't know anybody. They only know themselves. They only care for themselves. And here's this wonderful thing about the knowledge that Jesus has of you. It isn't like the knowledge of a book, right? Remember reading your textbooks in grade Did anyone do that? Remember how you were supposed to read your textbooks in grade school? You did it like this, if you were like me. You read it as fast as you could to get the information in your head so you could spit it out on the test and forget it all. Because once you pass the test, well... You didn't need it anymore, right? The knowledge that Jesus has of you is not like that in any way. Jesus doesn't just memorize facts about you. He doesn't just know things about you. He doesn't just learn the kinds of things you like and the kind of sort of person that you are. No, Jesus knows you. He knows your heart. He knows your soul. He knows you better than yourself, and he does not know those things to forget them. He has not learned to love you so that he can leave you. He has not learned to love you so he can flee away from you. No, Jesus knows you so that he may love you to the very end. He knows you just the way the Father knows him. Jesus knows you the way that the Father knows the Son. And he says that you know him, not just facts about him, not just information about Jesus, not just some of the things he said, but you know his very heart. You are joined to him in the same way that the Son is joined to the Father. How beautiful our Lord Jesus is, truly the beautiful shepherd who knows his sheep in love. For he and the Father are joined so closely that nothing can ever separate them. And so you are joined to your shepherd, and nothing can separate you. What can separate us from the love of God in Jesus Christ? Can sin separate us? No. Can hell separate us? No. Can the devil separate us? No. Jesus has promised that no one can snatch his sheep out of his hand. 
And the third thing Jesus says that the shepherd does is he unites his sheep. So there will be one flock and one shepherd. When you are brought into the Christian faith, you don't simply join one congregation out of others. You do that, certainly. But we are not separated from everyone else. We are not doing our own thing. We are not going our own way, thank God. To go your own way is precisely the path to hell. We are joined in with Jesus, and Jesus will have it. He will have it that there will be one flock and one shepherd, because that's what truth does, doesn't it? When you know the truth, you are saved from the multiplicity of ways, from the diversity of errors, and there are lots of errors you can go down. But when you know the truth, you are joined. When you know the truth, you are united. Everything that is true must converge. And in the end, Jesus says, it will. And so those who have gone on ahead of us are not lost to us. Those other sheep of the flock whose names we may remember or maybe don't remember, we are still part of one flock. And the day is coming, dear friends, when that one flock will not just be something that we have to take on faith. The day is coming when there will be one flock again, when all those who love the Lord Jesus will be joined together around the Lord Jesus. The day is coming when you will be joined together again with the other sheep of his flock, and we will be together not just for a time, not just for a life, not just for a few years, but we will be joined together forever. At the heart of being a Christian is being a sheep. And that's how I started today, right? Easter is for bunny rabbits who are quick and who are fast. But today we want to become like sheep. Today you must become a true sheep, a beautiful sheep, just like your beautiful shepherd. As strange as it may be to think of a shepherd as being beautiful, it's probably even stranger to think of a beautiful sheep. What's so beautiful about a sheep? They're kind of dumb, right? They're not particularly fast, right? They're kind of dirty, right? Do they even taste all that good? We only eat sheep one time of year on Easter. That's all we can handle. But being a sheep, being a sheep of the shepherd is the very most beautiful thing you can be. And so you, dear friends, must become like your Savior who joins being and form together. It is not enough for us to simply say, oh yes, I'm a sheep in my heart, but in my life I'm something completely different. No, become a sheep entirely, completely. Don't be a wolf in sheep's clothing. Don't settle for just the form and lack the substance, but don't settle for just the substance and lack the form. For with Jesus, these things always go together. So become like a sheep. Become this Easter season more and more sheepish. Because here's the wonderful thing. The more you do that, you know what you find? The more you become like your shepherd, who himself, who himself became a sheep. After all, Jesus doesn't just say, I am the good shepherd. I am the beautiful shepherd. He says also in another place, I am the lamb of God. It is no insult to be a sheep of Jesus. It is a good compliment. It is the very most beautiful thing that you can be. So be like a sheep. And at the heart of being a sheep, it means listening. What did Jesus say? I have other sheep who are not of this flock. I must go and get them. I will call them. They will hear my voice and follow me. You want to be a good sheep? 
You want to learn to be a sheep this Easter season? Then start here at the very heart of things by listening to your Lord Jesus, by hearing his word, by following that word. And what you will find, I promise you this, what you will find is that your beautiful shepherd will lead you in beautiful paths. The rest of the world might not recognize that. The rest of the world might look at that and say, that's kind of silly stuff. That's kind of strange things. But you know the truth. For you know that your beautiful shepherd always does beautiful things. That his commands are always beautiful commands. That his promises are always true and noble promises. Become sheep this Easter season, dear friends. Don't let the rabbits have all the fun. Run like a rabbit, yes, to be sure, but listen like a sheep. And you will find, you will find the beautiful blessings that come from our beautiful shepherd. To him be the glory now and always. Amen.